BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited for this episode today with Alessia. She is has become such a close friend of mine. We actually met through Instagram. You'll hear us our story. And she is going through a separation, a divorce from her husband, and was just so open and honest about everything that she's going through and how she came to that conclusion. And I think that it's going to be so helpful for you to hear this. She's also just so eloquent in the way that she talks about it. And I really am excited for you to hear this episode. Before we get into that, I'm going to continue on that same question answer vibe that we did in the last solo episode with a few of your questions. This one says, hi, Lindsay, I'd love help with this. How much interest should I show a guy? The context is I met this guy after I'd just gotten out of a relationship. And so in my head, I told myself, you're not ready. You're not ready. Even though I was super into him. So I've been playing way too hard to get instead of what I want to do, which is explore something with him and slowly get to know him. But I don't know how to communicate this. What can I slash should I do to let him know I'm interested? Also helpful context is this guy's in his first year of surgical residency. And all we do is casually flirt via D- Instagram here and there. We don't text because the vibe I get is that we're both afraid of getting rejected by the other person. I'm scared to initiate because I feel like he won't have time for me. How much time should I should it take until he should be able to take the lead? Do I put myself out there if I know I'm such a catch? What's the worst that could happen? And then she obviously, because she's a we've been an Acme girl. She said her astrology, which she's a Pisces with a Virgo rising and Libra moon, and he's a Taurus. Okay. First of all, I love that you said, do I put myself out there if I know I'm such a catch? That is an attitude when you should put yourself out there. When you say something like, should I put myself out there because like I really want him to like me and I'm just really nervous, like then you shouldn't. But if you're doing it because you know you're a catch, absolutely. I would do a simple drinks next week, question mark, and then give you give your number via DM. Because if you're not texting, I'm assuming he doesn't have your number. So that is literally the simplest way to show that you want to go out on a date with him. And then he should be able to take it from there. This one says, significant other was on Safari on my phone and saw a porn tab was recently used. I was only watching to try and learn more about what to do in bed. He didn't seem to care at the time and hasn't brought it up since. Should I bring it up or let it go? And is that a problem? Oh my God, girl, that is not a problem. I'm more surprised that he didn't bring it up and that, I mean, I don't know how, you know, close you guys are, how long you've been dating, but I would be like, okay, like saw you've been watching that little 69 tutorial. You know, I feel like you got to bring it up at the time, but if he hadn't, then I would bring it up. I think I'm just a fan of bringing up everything all the time, always. But I would be like, I think you probably saw that porn tab. I was watching this because I would love to try this new position. I don't think it's weird at all. And especially if it's a guy seeing that on a girl's phone, I think if anything, he's intrigued and like he's used to it being the other way around. I'm sure he watches porn. So I think addressing it is the way to go here and not saying anything makes it seem a little sketchier. Not that watching porn is sketchy, but just not bringing it up. It's like, why aren't you? This one says, I'm 30 years old and female. I started going on dates in mid my mid-20s, but haven't been in an exclusive boyfriend-girlfriend relationship before. I've been on a range of one to five dates with guys. Recently been on four dates with a very nice guy, but I'm anxious about physical things because I don't have any experience. Do you have any advice or on how to deal with anxiety or broaching this topic with a new guy 
you may want a relationship with. Okay, my advice here is that I would, first of all, understand that guys actually don't mind a girl who hasn't had a lot of experience. I remember it was like the first time I was giving head. I was like, just so you know, I don't really know what I'm doing here. So like a little guidance would be great. And granted, that was a while ago, but guys love mansplaining, first of all. So for you to be like, I'm a little anxious, like I don't know, not even a little anxious, but for you to be like, I'm not really experienced, like would love, you know, for you to tell me what you like and kind of give me guidance as we're going on this journey, this physical journey. I think that guys love that. They love an opportunity to step up and help in some way. So I would just bring it up maybe when you're at dinner, when you can tell that like you're going to be physical or even in the physical moment and just be like, just so you know, I haven't really done this a lot like, what is your favorite position? Or like, what's something that you really like when we're being intimate? I think it's honestly charming. Like, I think it's adorable. And I think it's cute. And I think that the guy will think that too. I think that if you don't say anything, and you just don't know what you're doing, then he's going to be a little bit more confused. But I think that anyone I think reverse too. you know, we love to to jump in and help the other person. We want the other person to succeed, especially when it comes to pleasing us. Okay. This one I love. It's a little long, so bear with me. Hi, Lindsay. First of all, just want to say how much I love women at Acme. I'm not going to read that part because she goes on a little. And by the way, thank you so much because you're so sweet for writing that. I'm a senior at University of Michigan and planning to move to New York City this summer. I'm a Leo sun, Taurus moon and Pisces rising. I've grown up with a very similar mentality as you are around dating when I want to be pursued by the guy. However, it's done me no good in college where hookup culture is the norm. I'm also in Greek life where I think it's even worse. Everyone I know in a relationship has met their significant other as a consequence of a one night stand, which turned into a late night hookup and then a relationship. Since I know one night stands aren't for me, dating has been super tough. I've also been a huge advocate for the best response is no response. If I've tried to keep the combo going always asking a question, but to no avail. My friends say I'm crazy for wanting a guy to be the first to reach out a couple times before I text first. Am I being unrealistic? Do boys my age, 21, get so butthurt about not getting a response that they move on to someone else? Or are they just not interested enough to pursue me, in which case saving me time if I would have continued to reach out? I guess to sum it up, does the he's just not that into you if he wanted to, he would notion still hold true for people in their young 20s? Also separately, but I thought you would enjoy a couple years ago, I read a book that categorized guys into three categories, forks, knives, and spoons. Basically, forks are the fuck boys that will charm you. Forks are confident and pretend they care about you, but ultimately will leave you crushed. Spoons are the shy, dorky guys that are kind of dull and boring. Knives are the boys you want to go for, who have an edge and are sharp when they need to be. I love that so much. She said, last but not least, I'm moving to Manhattan in a couple of months and would love to know if Acme is still as fun as when you started the podcast or if there's a new place in 2023. Sorry, this was so long. Okay. Apparently, Sweeties or Lucy's are the hot places. Acme, I think, is still cool, but I did a little crowdsource for you. Sweeties and Lucy's, whatever the hell that means, are the clubs. So this is tough because when I was in college, did I follow rules? Absolutely fucking not. I also was very much into the hookup culture. And I think that you clearly are wise beyond your years. I also think that book that you mentioned sounds awesome. It's called Fork, Knives and Spoons by Leah de Caesar for anybody who wants to read it. I think that, listen, like, is somebody going to continue reaching out to you if they are your person? Absolutely. But it's definitely different when you're 21. I mean, these guys do not know what they're doing. And most women don't know what they're doing. You're the exception for sure for being so, again, wise beyond your years. I think that it doesn't It should apply. The rules should always apply, but it is a little different. I feel like when you're in your early 20s, it's more of like, let's all hang out as friends, hook up, see if anything happens. So I would say maybe rules start once you graduate, because that's more when like dating culture comes in as opposed to hookup culture. I hope that's helpful. 
Okay, there's a lot more amazing questions that I'm going to answer, but those are for the next solo. And I'm so excited for you to hear this episode with Alessia. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with my friend, Alessia. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Wait, so how did we like meet? We met in the DMs, right? We met on Instagram, yes. We met on Instagram. I found you through Sweats in the City. Yeah. And I started doing your Alessia Sculpt, which is like your Sculpt workout. Yeah, online fitness platform. Yeah, almost like every day in COVID. Yeah, I actually remember the first time I ever did it. I was like very nervous because I still at that time hated working out. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being like, wow, this girl is so real. Like I had never seen a workout like instructor who was like, oh shit, this is hard. Like in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of a workout. I love that. I love that. I, was, I, yeah. I always like to say, like, I'm in it with you. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm an instructor and I'm like super, you know, fit and like really killing it and you're out there struggling. Like I'm in the struggle with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it made you just like so relatable because I feel like anytime I did someone else's platform, they were like doing the craziest things and never even sweating. And like, it was no nothing for them. And I was like, I need to know that I'm not the only one dying here on the other end of this computer. Yeah, I love that so much. And it's so it's been so amazing to watch your journey with working out from that to now it's like become such a part of your everyday life. It really I'm so proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so I would love to start with a newer question that I've been asking guests, which is what is your favorite romantic gesture? For me, the most romantic thing is spending really present quality time with someone. I'm not about gifts. I'm not about I just like want someone to dedicate like their time to me and like really be in that moment with me. And that's the most romantic thing someone could do. That's really cute. So would you say that your love language is quality time? One hundred percent. With a sprinkle of words of affirmation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everyone could use a little word. Yes. Okay. And then how old are you and where are you from? I'm 31 and I'm from Toronto, Canada. I feel like we don't get enough Canadians on this podcast. Well, here I am. <laughs> you're you're repping for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your current relationship status? I am recently single. That's the first time I'm really saying that like publicly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the journey. You, well, I guess, starting with when you first met your now ex-husband. I mean, is it is it officially an ex? We are separated. So we're going through the process of getting a divorce. We were married for four years, but we've been together for 12 years since college. We met in third year of university in Canada at McGill. And we were together those entire 12 years. Like we never went on it. And any breaks or anything. And he he was from Montreal. I was from Toronto. And when we finished school, he actually moved from Montreal to Toronto for work and to be with him. You know, at the time it was like for work, but really it was so we could stay together. And then we moved in together in Toronto after a few years, got married. I mean, we really had a beautiful relationship. He is such a good person to this day. I'll say that. I'll never say a bad thing about him. He's so wonderful. But we recently made the decision to split. Really, it wasn't like a fit anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you first started dating him. Yeah. Now that hindsight is 2020. And I know that you guys didn't have some like tragic ending, let's say, Mm -hmm. right? That with like one of you cheating or anything like that. Like it wasn't dramatic in that way. But still, when you look back, do you think there were certain things in the beginning, like I'm talking like early, early on that you were like, I don't know if that's going to work down the line. Or do you think that it was totally like blindsided by love? Didn't for a second think that one day your paths could separate. I never thought for a second that our paths could separate. Mm -hmm. At the time, we were so on the same page and we really were up until the last few years. Like we were on the same sort of path, like corporate jobs, like wanted to, you know, live in Canada, in Toronto, similar lifestyles. You know, our friends were so commingled. We had similar values. We wanted to eventually start a family, like all these things. They we were very much on the same page, except that. I have evolved a lot over the last many years. So 
you know, I was on a very direct path. I was living like corporate life. I worked in banking. And then my mom actually passed away in school. And after a few years of like dealing with that, I sort of started to shift and grow and really like lean into living through my heart. I guess it's, it's a weird thing to say, but like really feeling what was right and like going with that. And so what that, you know, the first sort of big thing that happened was I switched my career. Like I had been working in finance and banking for many years and I didn't love it. It was really intense, really toxic. And it, you know, I was on a path in that space, but I didn't love it. And I made the decision to leave and start my own fitness business. And then I became a content creator and I just really started to like open up to the possibilities of life. It didn't have to be one way anymore. I was like, mm, like I could do this. I could do that. I could live here. I could. And I, I just like grew a lot. And Dylan, my ex, he was very much the same person throughout our relationship that he was when we met. Super like kind, reliable, like loyal, like solid man who wanted to, you know, work and go on a few vacations a year and, you know, live the life that like we had been talking about when we were in our early 20s. Right. And I sort of shifted over the last many years and I couldn't see that coming. It was it was a result of so many things. It was like processing my mom's death. It was like the career shift. It was everything. And yeah, I, I, that happened over time. I couldn't have seen it when I was, you know, 20. You said your mom passed when you were in mm -hmm. school. Was that before you met Dylan during the early stages of your relationship or once it, you were already established? It was six months after we started dating and he was so amazing and so supportive during that time. He actually met her, which is cr like crazy, like to think that we've been dating for that long. She's been gone for a while now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, six months in, he was so supportive. I mean, he's the most supportive person. He's supportive about everything. He supported my career change, everything. But that was, that made shit get real in our relationship really fast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a big trauma and it's like a lot for, you know, me to deal with. Plus my partner and, and we're pretty new in our relationship, but he handled it so, so well. And I knew very early on through that experience that I could rely on him no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a great feeling, which mm -hmm. also makes you feel much more close to somebody when you go through something like that. I mean, I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. If you are resonating with this episode and you feel like you need someone to talk to and you need a sounding board, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to find a therapist. Or maybe you just want to find someone who does acupuncture, or maybe you want to find someone in Eastern medicine Whatever you want to find, you're extremely unlikely to find quality medical advice in your group chat, but you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. If you haven't heard of ZocDoc, ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. Maybe you've been putting off that dentist appointment because we all know how we feel about the dentist. But ZocDoc comes in and helps you find a great dentist, let's say, that is within two blocks of where you live, that takes your insurance so the costs are low, and you can read the reviews to make sure this dentist is not going to hurt you and not going to hurt your teeth. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Acme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Acme. ZocDoc dot com slash Acme. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. 
Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. When did you begin to realize that your relationship was changing in the way that you kind of just described with you growing in one path and him staying in another? It was about a year ago. It was once sort of the dust settled with my career change from finance to fitness. And once I was a little more established in that space, there wasn't like so many distractions. And also once the dust of like COVID settled and when we were kind of past that, once we had been married for a few years, it was about a year ago. And I really just started to think about like, what could my life like look like? Like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Like, I feel like you finish school and you try and get a job and then you get another job and then you want to get married. And then it's like all such a direct path. And then I I really realized like a year ago, like, okay, but wait a second. Like, who, what is my life going to look like? Our, our life together. And we started having a lot of conversations about that. And I honestly, I brought it up to him like really openly, this wasn't, it wasn't like explosive fights. It wasn't like combative at all. It was like, I feel like I'm not necessarily getting like what I need in this relationship. And I'm not sure that you are either. So like, how are we going to move forward from here? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like at the end of your Saturn return, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people know who've been listening to the podcast is when your life changes a Mm -hmm. lot. Yes. Because you are also a listener of this podcast and you came prepared, will you share with us your big three? Yeah, I'm a Taurus, Taurus, and Cancer. So Taurus rising and Cancer moon. Yes. And what is Dylan's? I don't know his three, but I know he's a Virgo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And typically Virgo and Taurus are very compatible. So obviously that doesn't take away from the fact that you were compatible for so long. Mm -hmm. We really were. We had a beautiful relationship and we were like the best of friends, like super supportive of each other, really respectful. We were a team like we really did. We're doing life together. All of our, you know, like we planned like our home, like talking about potential future family. Like we really were compatible. We were on the same page. We always say like, We love spending time together. We're like best friends. But as people grow over time, we met when we were so, so young. And as people grow over time, that doesn't necessarily like stay consistent, you know? And we still, it's like, it's not for lack of love. We still love each other so much. It's just not the right time for us to be together right now, given where we're at in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of you, because I know you said you had discussions, Mm -hmm. which one of you brought up the D word first? Like, is it something that kind of wasn't really even spoken about because it's like such a bad word in a relationship? Yeah, we wouldn't really talk about divorce. It was more like we are at this pivotal place in our relationship where we are having some concerns and we don't have kids yet. So we need to figure out like, how can we move forward from here? Hopefully together. And we tried so hard to work through it together. Like it was like a year of like constant conversations and trying and really like assuming that we would be together and that we would figure things out, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't like, oh, okay, we're going to get a divorce now. And like, I don't even think about it like divorce, like that word is so scary. Like I think about it, like we are no longer together. We're separated. We're broken up. That word though, it's scare. It's very scary. And it it scared me for a long time. There was a lot of like guilt and shame associated with that word. And that stopped both of us. Actually, we talk about this now, how we, we feel like, like when you talk about 31 or 32 year olds that are divorced, it's like, oh, like, did they just like give up on things? Like there's there's a lot of guilt and shame. And so we we don't really like refer to it as that. It's more like, OK, we are not working together anymore and we're choosing to move forward like for ourselves, 
not like as a couple anymore. Does that yeah. make sense? No, like, of course. I mean, there's a reason that Gwyneth Paltrow called it consciously uncoupling. You know what? All my friends are telling me you consciously uncoupled with Dylan. But you did. Yeah. Like, I think a divorce is when you're like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm taking the kids. Yeah. I never want to see you again. Like that to me is a divorce. You guys made a decision that was extremely thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, whenever I think of my friends who have parents that are divorced and like hate each other, that's what I associate with divorce. But even then, it's like, I hate that it has such a negative connotation. I really do. Yeah, I agree. And it took me a very long time to get over that and understand that, well, I am getting a divorce, but that's okay because by ending my relationship and technically getting a divorce, it's opening me up to so many things in my life. And for so long, I was so scared to end my marriage. And I know you talk about this a lot on your podcast. And when you go on other podcasts, like the fear of leaving what you know, and it stops a lot of people. People feel really stuck. And for me, it's like, but the ending of that really opens up so many doors to my life that wouldn't have been possible. And I'm on this path for a reason. Like, you know, things wouldn't end with Dylan if there wasn't some amazing bigger picture for me that I don't know about yet, but that I'm trusting is like in the works for me. Which it 1000% is. Like you can't have a new beginning without closing a door. That's just mm-hmm. not the way that it works. And sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can like start to rebuild. I was so scared. The biggest thing that stopped us for, you know, we, we had conversations for a year about this was our fears. And there was a few reasons why we were scared. One, like we both didn't want to make a permanent decision out of temporary feelings. Like we weren't sure whether what we were feeling was like, okay, it's time to go in a different direction. Or is this just what people talk about when they say marriage is hard? Mm. Like that's really hard to know. And so we we wanted to make sure enough time went by that we were so sure and at peace with the decision before, you know, we made it. And I also was really scared about leaving such a quality man. Like I know that he is an amazing person. He's been nothing but so supportive. He supported my entire career switch. Like, He's very, I know that even if I called him today, he would pick up and be like, are you okay? Like, what can I do? Right. Which is so amazing, you know? So I was really scared of leaving someone so quality. And, And I was really scared of just like the unknown. I've been with him my entire adult life. I've never dated. I've never been on an app until now. I've never dated as an adult. I was like, what? It's just so overwhelming and so scary. But after so long, we both were like, okay, like it's time. Yeah. At what point were you like, okay, it is time to give up versus keep fighting for it? Because, and I just recently did a video on this. It's like when, when I have a fight with Steven, for example, like I, I have to remind myself like, this is a bad day or this is a bad argument. This isn't a bad relationship. Not Mm -hmm. saying that your relationship was bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. though? I'm just like, this is just, this is a moment. This isn't an an overall mm-hmm. like how do you know when something is an overall you know is That's it such like a good question it happens 80 percent of the time you know it's like how do you even chalk that up like are you keeping tab you know for me it was that I was and this is the first time I'm really like talking about this I haven't really even talked about this on social but like I was depressed for a lot of last year and I felt like so stuck and like scared to make the wrong move. And like, I felt like there was this cloud over me that no matter what I did to feel good in myself and no matter what Dylan and I were doing to work through things, I couldn't move past that. And at one point, what I realized was I've tried everything for this cloud to lift and nothing is working So the one thing I haven't tried really is to be separate from Dylan. Yeah. And I think he felt the same. Like he had really dark, difficult times also. And it it got to the point where it was like, but we've done it all. Like we've tried all the things you could possibly try. And we don't, we're not even mad at each other anymore. We needed to walk toward ourselves. 
Yeah. Like that's what I, I always say is like, I don't think Dylan and I, like she told him this, we both had a really cathartic conversation a couple of weeks ago about really ultimately why it didn't work. And it's like, we didn't walk away from each other. We both walked toward ourselves. That's honestly beautiful. Like I have the chills. <laughs> like I might I'm cry. like having a tear right now. Yeah, no, me too. That's yeah. like so perfectly yeah. said. Yeah. It's like crazy that that hasn't been said by another like profit before <laughs> because that was like well, spot on thank you yeah no it's yeah. the truth it really is it was mm-hmm. like we both needed to put ourselves first yeah but I guess like when you are in a relationship and you have the feelings that you had of feeling depressed I feel like sometimes we can be so insular and not think that the other person is feeling the way that we're feeling Mm -hmm. because honestly that's so scary to think right like if you're feeling like if I'm like if for some reason I was like oh Alessia is being annoying like and I and for me to think that you were thinking that about me would give me so much anxiety right Mm -hmm. so it's like in a couple in a relationship how do you know is it always like 100% true that the other person must be feeling something if you are because you're so intertwined? I would say maybe, but maybe at different times, like you are very intertwined and you probably are feeling similar things, but maybe not always at the exact same time. And that's really what happened with Dylan and I is like, I would feel one way and he would, and I would bring it up and he'd be like, whoa, but then a couple months later, he would feel one way and bring it up with me. And then I'd be like, whoa. And so we were, we were definitely like in the same like realm, but not always exactly in sync and when we were feeling these things. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. What would you have needed, if anything, to stay? I needed him to to want to be where I was without having to pull him along to do that. Like it would have had to come naturally from him. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it didn't for him. I wanted to live a life of like adventure and exploring. And that doesn't necessarily like mean just travel. It does. But more than that, like just be open to what could happen with my work. Maybe I come to New York for a little bit or maybe this opportunity comes up here or there. Or whatever. And I wanted him to want to be on that path with me. Right. And the reality was that like, he didn't want that. He wanted to support me. And he was like, you do you, but I'm going to be right here. And I think vice versa. He was like, I want you to be happy in our life as is. Mm. And I was like, I am happy. But what about if we just considered that anything could happen and we could be on this ride together and just be open to the possibilities in life? And it always felt like someone was sacrificing Mm -hmm. as opposed to both of us compromising. Yep. You know, and and, and we both it it was too much sacrifice Mm -hmm. at a certain point. It reminds me of, have you ever seen The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn? No, I don't think Oh, so. you need to. Okay. You need to. But there's a scene where he, he, she like asks him about doing the dishes and he like begrudgingly does the dishes or something. And she's like, I want you to want to mm-hmm. do the dishes. Yeah. Like, I don't care about the fucking dishes. It's just the fact that I want you to want to do them. I don't want to have to force you to do them. And like, that's just such a metaphor for totally. relationships. Like, What's interesting is that was actually like we, that was actually more Dylan. We both wanted each other to want to do things that neither one of us like really wanted to do. Like I wanted to be open to the adventure of life. He wanted me to want to, make our house a home. Right. And because he was the one who would lead cooking, cleaning, all this kind of like, just like our house. That was like so much more like him. And he wanted me to be happy there. And like, he couldn't make me do that. And I couldn't make him want to be like open to whatever came up with my career and all these things. Yeah. How do you deal now with fear of regret from having Mm. gone through with this? That was such a fear of mine. I was so scared to regret the decision. I've now realized that there is no right decision. 
you make a decision and you move forward with it. And you understand that it couldn't happen any other way because if it could have, it would have. Like, this is just my life now and I'm putting one foot in front of the other and I'm moving toward whatever unknown is like in my future. And that, a lot of that has really come from me leaning into spirituality, which is something new for me. Like I grew up Catholic, I'm Italian. I was forced to go to church. I never resonated with it. And in this process, I've really had to like lean into there has to be this path for me that I just don't know about yet. Or else like, how can I move forward? I needed that hope and that trust in the universe and not be scared of regret. How could you regret something if you're just on this path and every single thing that happens to you, you're learning from. And, you know, like you just, it would be so terrible to live a life of regret. I would, I would hate that. So and I was really scared of it for so long, honestly. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't regret anything. Everything is bringing me to the experiences that I'm supposed to be having in this life. And if that means ending my relationship at 31 and now being single, like, okay, well, there's got to be some great things that are going to come from that. <laughs> there will be. And I love the way that you just look at that because that's so true, not just with ending a relationship, but with anything in life. Mm-hmm. There was a reason that you made the decisions that you made. Was there one, I know that there was, it was conversations that you mm-hmm. had with Dylan, but looking back, was there any one moment where you knew you were better off apart? Like, even if it was just like you were at a dance club and you saw like another person, like a happy couple and you were just like, that's never going to be, you know, like a a kind of actual moment in time. That's such a good question. I can't believe I just said dance club. Like I feel like that (laughs) aged me like 90 years. (laughs) Really true. What's a dance club? I'm not sure that there was. I'm having really struggling to come up with like a distinguished moment. I think there was a culmination of many moments that yeah. built up into it's time. Yeah, that's fair. How did your family react? How did you tell them? And in what ways were they supportive or not supportive? I actually waited until we had been separated for a few months to tell them, which is unusual. I have a bit of a tumultuous relationship with my family. I have a really modern family. As I said, my mom passed away when I was 19 years old, 20 years old. My dad has since remarried to someone a lot younger. They have a new baby. He's he's now almost three, but you know, a baby. I have a little half brother. And they're very much like in their own lives. And our relationship is great in so many ways, but in some ways, like it's hard. Like I'm a full 31 year old adult and they have this whole, you know, family unit. And so I actually didn't tell them right away. It took me a couple months. I think I really needed to process it on my own first. But when I did tell them, they were like, well, we just want you to be happy And if this is you being happy and like choosing yourself, then we are supportive of you. One thing my dad, I did talk to my dad about things kind of earlier on um, loosely. And he had said, I love Dylan. I think he's such an amazing person. There's not one bad thing I could say about him, but I do think he's holding you back a little bit in your life. Mm. And that was a really, that was a while ago that he said that we didn't separate for a while after that. And it's so crazy to think about that being like, he saw that like really before I did (laughs) or that either one of us did. And I I hate, I do want to clarify, like I say, you know, he he was holding me back, but I think we were holding each other back in different ways. Like I'm always so cognizant of being really respectful of him and giving him credit because he's on his own path. Right. Yeah. That like, freaks me out almost in a way because like whether it's our parents or our best friends or our siblings, depending on, you know, who really knows us, it's like these people have the answers. They're just not, they just like wait for things to play out almost. Like I bet you can think of someone right now Mm -hmm. that you know is better off without their partner Mm -hmm. or is better off at a different job or is better off, you know, I don't know, moving to Kansas, whatever it is. 
And you're not going to say anything to them unless they come to you and say, Alessia, do you think I'm better off moving to Kansas? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be like, well, I actually, yes, I've always thought that. And so it's so crazy. And this happens all the time, right? It's like you get a divorce or you break up and your friend's like, I never liked them. And it's like, of course, you know, they couldn't have said anything. But to know that they had the answer the whole time, I imagine that happens in so many situations and like doesn't isn't that just kind of freaky it is freaky but you got I feel like you gotta let people come to the decision on their own of course I mean that's why you don't say anything to anyone also what if god forbid you're wrong what if you upset them and then there's resentment forever Mm -hmm. yeah 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 like I know my dad told me that but I still took so long to come to that realization on my own or with Dylan right and and what about if I had made a decision based on that, based on like an outsider's observation and then maybe regretted it. You know what I mean? That's where regret comes in when you don't trust your own instincts. You you look outside of yourself for the answers. And the reality is no one can give you the answers. Like your family can't, your friends can't, they can observe and give like suggestions, but, or even a therapist, like therapists can't give you the answers. You have to like really go inward in yourself and, and come to that realization and conclusion on your own so that you can a like make the decision but b like live with yourself right going forward you know of course I mean I don't know if I've said this on this podcast but my dad said like the same thing to me in my last relationship you told me that oh yeah I did you told me that and I, I told did. you what my dad said when we were at yes. lunch and I remember it stuck with me and you were like dad's no best they fucking do I hate it <laughs> yeah. um but yeah no he sat me down and you know, was like, I think I, I think it was because I was thinking about freezing my eggs, which like dads also do not understand. <laughs> but he took that as me saying like, you know, I'm freezing my eggs because I don't know if I want to be with the person I'm currently with. I was thinking of freezing my eggs because I wanted like 27 year old eggs or 28 year old eggs, but whatever. And so he was like, you know, I'm hearing this And what I'm really hearing is that you don't want to be with your partner. But also he said something like, I feel like you because I'm the kind of person that will not send back my pasta if Mm. it sucks. Like I will eat that pasta with a smile on my face. Tell them it was amazing. Give them a tip like 20 percent. I'm not it's not that I'm fake in that way. I'm just like such a Libra and that like I don't want to rattle feathers. Mm -hmm. I would rather just be like, everything was amazing. Thank you. Then be like, this pasta is terrible. Give me a new pasta. And granted, like I've been in a more aggressive mood where I have sent back a a thing before, but my default is to just eat it. And he's like, I feel like you are acting like you do with the pasta at restaurants and just eating this. And like that really fucked me up. And then similar to you, it then took like another year for me to actually, I mean, maybe it was more like six months, but for me to actually do something because I was like, you know what? This is what he thinks. I don't feel this way. Then eventually I was like, well, I feel this way. Do you know you told me that same story when we had lunch? Yeah. And it, it stuck with me so much. I think about it. I thought about it all the time for months after you told me. I kept being like, am I just not sending back the pasta because I'm too yeah. scared to do it? No, I'd literally do that. <laughs> think that way. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But that just goes to show how how much being open is so helpful for other people, especially Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. with women. Like I have been dealing with something recently and I didn't want to be open about it for so long. Now that I'm open about it, so many other women are open about it. They have similar stories. So it's just like even just talking about this breakup, like I bet when you shared on your Instagram, because I know you did recently with Mm -hmm. a real How many DMs did you get? Hundreds, hundreds of people who had gone through the situation already similar where, you know, they'd been with their partner for a long time and it wasn't the right fit anymore. Just simply going through a breakup or thinking about doing that or even just like any big life transition, literally hundreds of people. And I was hesitant to share it on social. It's very deeply personal. Dylan and I have a super amicable relationship. I didn't want to do anything disrespectful. I actually sent him that video before I posted it. And it was like, I want to make sure you're okay with this because Mm. it's about to go, you know. And he was like, I understand. Like, I support you sort of thing. But I, yeah, I was overwhelmed by the positive response. And I felt like, 
how could I not sh- have shared this? After getting all those DMs, I was like, we like, that's how people get through things. You share and you find commonalities and you understand you're not alone. And if I can be, if I can turn my situation that was extremely difficult into something that's positive, that's inspiring, that's encouraging people to choose themselves, even when it's really hard to do something really brave, relationship or otherwise, then like, why not? And yeah, yeah, I got, I just got, I got so many messages and I was like, oh, I feel like, I feel like I did the right thing, you know? Yeah. And it must be such a relief because, you know, like, I think especially you, you, you don't like to pretend everything's perfect. That's just not who you are. No. So to be going through, you know, the highlight reel without having to be able to say what's really going on must have been really hard for so long. It was so hard. It took such a toll on me my brand and who I am is very open, very raw, real, authentic. Like I show the in-between moments normally and to be going through all of this and having so many extremely low days and not being able to share that, it really, it really took me down. Like I would often just have to go off social completely because I was like, I just cannot show up right now. So to then share it, it was such a relief on its own. Plus the positive aspect of like so many women resonating with the message and it being so inspiring to people was like, oh, it's just, it felt so right. Yeah. And I also loved the way that you had responded. I remember like the first inkling I had that something was wrong was, you know, you had looked like you had lost weight. And Mm. I remember somebody had asked you about it in like mm. a question thing. And you immediately had like the perfect response. And you were like, I forget how you worded it, but it was something like, like when people comment on people's weight and people's appearance, or they say like, you look amazing. Like I might look amazing. I've never felt worse or it was something like that. And yeah. it's like, it just goes to show that like people need to stop being like, oh my God, you lost weight or you look so skinny or blah. Cause you just never know what's going on with someone. And you said repeatedly, you were like, when I'm at my lowest weight, I am my least happy. Yeah. And just to hear that. And I'm sure if, if I were like a 14 year old girl following you, I'd be like, oh my God, I never thought about it like that. And like, I don't want to be at my lowest weight because I don't want to be unhappy, you know? For sure. And I appreciate that so much for me when I'm stressed and going through a lot my appetite goes. When my mom passed away, I lost a drastic amount of weight when I was going through this separation. And I still, you know, I'm coming out of it. I lost a lot of weight. And it's just like, you never know what's going on in someone's life. So to judge from the outside, you know, a lot of people think losing weight is like such a positive thing. It's like, actually, I was going through the hardest moments of my life. And I really, that's something that I'm, I am super cognizant about on social is it might look so amazing, but really what's going on inside is can be so hard and the physical doesn't represent, you know, necessarily the emotions that are happening and things behind the scenes. No, of course. So now as a single woman, I'm Mm -hmm. assuming that you've gone out on dates or maybe you're starting to think about going out on dates. You said you are exploring the apps. I'm curious because a lot of people ask me about this and I can't really speak to it the way that I'm sure you can. But when into dating, would you bring up the loss of your parent and also the divorce? But, you know. Yeah, that's a great question. I saw that you answered a poll question that was to bring up the divorce or that you were previously married on date one. And I disagree. (laughs) Tell me. Okay, so I would do date one and I have I have been dating. I've been like having fun dating, like nothing serious. Day one would be, I treat it like the way you suggest is like you're making a new friend. Just more surface, like really light and see if there's a connection there. I don't tell people that I'm married or I was married and technically legally still am, but that I'm going through a divorce until date two or three if I think it's going to be something and or might be something. And same thing for the loss of my mom. I wouldn't usually bring it up on date one. I would say date two or three. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when things are like when you bring up really heavy things like it it just like changes the vibe, changes the mood. And I, I want to make sure that I like someone before I bring up like the intense stuff, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And I want to make sure that there's a connection with them before like we go there. 
that that makes a lot of sense. And actually, I think my views are now changed on that. Oh, good. Because I didn't have the perspective of coming from a divorce or coming from having lost a parent. And that makes a lot of sense. But I'm curious, like on the first date, like if we were on a date, if if I'm on a first date, I usually will be like, so when was your last relationship? Maybe that's a question I shouldn't be asking <laughs> on first dates, but luckily I don't, whatever. No one has asked me that on a first date. Really? Yeah, but no if one. If they did, would you just say like, oh, it ended a few months ago and not yeah. like get into specifics of the fact that it was a divorce? Yes. Yeah. I would say it ended last year. It was a long-term relationship. We were together for a really long time and I would keep it brief. I would mm-hmm. only share the, that like the more intense stuff, like once I'm feel connected and like I can trust that person. I think that you are so spot on with this and I love when my views change like truly. I love that too. Because I actually went out on a few dates with a guy and he had just lost his dad and I remember not being into it but feeling so guilty about not continuing to see him because he had opened up Mm. about something so intense and I continued to see him simply because he had lost his dad and I didn't want him to like lose another, for, you know, for <laughs> That's real. so nice of you. <laughs> and I just like felt so bad. But I remember thinking like, like, this isn't why you should be go- continuing to go out with someone. Like if he hadn't told me, right. then I would have just ended it. But now and it's like it puts you in this weird place. It should be based on the connection. Yeah. You know, and some, same values. And if you vibe, not because there's any sort of like guilt or like whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. OK, my last question for you. And then we're going to do some rapid fire. OK. Is you had mentioned mushrooms have helped you heal. I before getting sober was a huge chocolate mushroom gal, probably too much, which <laughs> is, you know, hence being sober. But I know that they are used in healing ways as well. I was only using them in party ways. What have you learned about mushrooms and, you know, safely and the use of them to get closer and deeper with yourself? I love this question. And this is really, truly the first time I'm talking about this because I did sort of keep it to myself for a while because it's becoming more open, but it has been pretty taboo. So I do mushrooms in like a very controlled kind of more serious setting. Well, I'm I microdose and a lot of people do on a regular basis, but like larger doses, it this is not like party setting mushrooms when you're like up at a cabin or cottage or with friends or like whatever. It's not like that. I go to this wellness retreat and I do these like these ceremonies and they're really Mushrooms are amazing, especially in bigger doses, because they help you heal your trauma by getting to like the root of what you really need. So you could be going to therapy. I've been going to therapy intensively for the last year. And that's something we haven't talked about. But I was doing intensive solo therapy plus group therapy, this divorce therapy, which was amazing. And I was talking a lot about what was going on in that and also the trauma of losing my mom. But it was a lot of talking. What happened when I really dove deep into mushrooms and did them in this like serious ceremonial way was I had these experiences of like sitting with my mom side by side and her apologizing to me for everything that happened, you know, in in my childhood and me apologizing to her for the things that I did and literally feeling like I had had this night sitting, sitting with her and understanding each other. And I know this might sound like so woo to some people, but like actually physically having that experience when on mushrooms, as opposed to just talking about it. And both of those two things together helps me like really heal the trauma of losing my mom, of understanding that she did the best that she could as a mother. And forgiving her for the areas that, you know, she maybe wasn't like the best. So both of those things together got me to this place of like being able to like breathe fully and and like deeply and like settle into like the path that I've been on. And same with my separation from Dylan, having these experiences on mushrooms where I'm like, I saw in my mushroom ceremony that I was going to be okay no matter which path I took not talk, not my therapist telling me you're going to be okay no matter what. No, like I had this experience of like seeing my future kind of both ways and being like, okay, both ways, I'm going to be good. And it's, it's just such a, 
like like I don't know what the word is but it's just you really like when you feel it in your heart because you've experienced it on the mushrooms you really trust it more mm. and so that I know that might sound crazy to a lot of no, people no <laughs> no I don't think it's crazy at all I I had I mean I didn't have any guided experiences but I had an experience when I was on mushrooms and I was dating someone at the time and I saw them negatively like I was like oh mm. I hate this guy mm. like I don't want to be with him at all and then tried to like ignore it in my mm. you know sober state and then it came back so I do think that mushrooms reveal a lot to you I think they really reveal what you need to see not necessarily what you want but like really what you deeply need yeah it's the mushrooms but it's also the the ceremonial like way that I do them is you're off your phone. You're in this room with all these other people for like six, seven hours. And you also sometimes it's like a weekend retreat too, where your phone's off. So you're you're really in the moment and it gives you time to think about and pause to think about what you really want. It's like a quicker way to get to that place of like knowing than meditation. Like meditation is a similar thing. You you know, you sit there for 10, 15, 20 minutes and you pause your life and you tune into yourself so that you can really feel what's in your heart. At least that's how I treat like my meditation. Because yeah. how can you know what you want without pausing and being still? Well, mushrooms is essentially that, but like enhanced with like the, you know, the, they call it the medicine with the mushrooms that you can get to that place of like knowing and clarity faster and on a more like accelerated level. So actually those are the three things. If I had to say what honestly saved my life last year, what really like really changed me and got me to this place of peace, it would be therapy plus the mushrooms, plus the meditations every day. And they all worked together. Yeah. And you guys went to couples therapy also, right? We did briefly. We actually didn't explore that as much as like, we probably should have. We both were on in individual therapy. Mm -hmm. And then we would come together and have conversations from our individual therapies. And by the time we talked about doing couples therapy, it was kind of like already to the point where we had just like, it was, we were going our own ways, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I think what's most important is that both of you were in therapy, regardless of whether it was couples or not. We both were in therapy. We both took it super seriously, like every week, every couple weeks and really, really benefited from it. I would say if anyone, yeah, if anyone's going through a similar situation, individual therapy, couples therapy, for sure. That's something I kind of wish we did sooner. But again, everything happens exactly as it's supposed to, or I wish we did it more. But also the group therapy that I did was really helpful. So I yeah. did this divorce group therapy with like eight or 10 people in each. And I did two different sort of sessions of it. They were with Dylan? Not with Dylan. Mm -hmm. So it was like me and eight or 10 other people who are also going through intense breakup or a separation or a divorce. And it was eight week sessions. It was led by my therapist and her friend who's a divorce coach. And every week we would share and then there would be a topic of discussion and like things like acceptance and forgiveness and all those like there would be a one each week. What was really amazing, though, was connecting with other people who were going through similar similar things. And that made me feel so much less alone. And it gave me so much more confidence to mm. walk into this next chapter, right. knowing that I was going to be okay. And you would see over the eight weeks that someone would have gotten separated in week two. Mm. And then by week eight, you could see the shift like, oh, okay, they're doing better. It gave me a lot of hope, right? Yeah, a lot of hope that no matter what, it was going to be okay. So I would so recommend that. Yeah, I am a huge fan of group therapy. I wouldn't have gotten sober without it. So okay, good. We're going to do some fun rapid fire okay. to lighten the, I know lighten this was the ending. No, but it was but good intense. I really, this is the first time I've talked about this. I really, you're my friend. I felt like this was such a beautiful, safe space for me oh to my like God. share this openly. This is like so one of my you. favorite episodes in a long time. <laughs> How often do you compliment men? Zero times a week, one to two times a week, three to four times a week. I want to say one to two times a week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Depends who, which men. Yeah. <laughs> Significant other 
says he doesn't want to go to a party with his friends because a girl he had a six-month relationship with eight years ago will be there. <gasps> no big red deal. Flag, red, red flag, red flag. Yeah, what? Like, get over it, Yeah, bro. like, no, that's immature. Yeah. Do your hips hurt after sex? I saw that poll yesterday. Um, Yeah, in certain positions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do your legs shake after sex? No. Someone um, wrote back to me and they go, good sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whole body shakes after good sex. Do you feel like if you have sex more often, it's harder for you to finish? No, I feel the opposite. I feel like Mm. the more sex I have, the more into it I am, the more connected I feel. So it's easier to finish. Yeah, fair. Would you end a six-month relationship if your significant other refrained from having sex with you for over a month? Yes. <laughs> well, first I would ask why. Like yeah. I would communicate. Like yeah. that's a bit sus. But, yeah. but then if there was no real like legitimate answer, then yeah, probably. Right. When someone reacts to your Insta story, do you like slash respond to their reaction or do nothing? I like it. Yeah. I find it's rude if you don't I do agree. anything. I agree. Like unless you're... The celebrity. Right. But are you checking your DMs if you are? Right, yeah. right. Okay. Have you ever cried during sex? Yes, but more like after, like right after. Mm. The guy you've been seeing, and me too, by the way, the guy you've been yeah. seeing now, 29, told you he cheated on his girlfriend in early college and regrets it. Red flag, deal breaker, or no big deal? I would say a no big deal slash red flag. It was so long ago, college, as long as they really seem like they've evolved and learned from it. How many dates is it okay to start inviting them on group things with your friends? Three to four, five to six, or only once official? Mm, like five to six. I saw these polls yesterday. I was ready. You were ready. <laughs> I was ready. So ready. You're like the only person that hasn't like lingered for an hour on on one of these rapid fires. <laughs> this is so amazing. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice? Yes. My favorite quote right now that my therapist tells me all the time as I'm entering into this new stage of my life being single. And that is, I am never by myself. I'm always with myself. And that gives me so much comfort that I'm never really alone. You never are. No. Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you, follow you, and sign up for Sculpt? Yes. I'm at Alessia Sculpt on Instagram and TikTok. And I have my online fitness platform, asculptbody.com. I have a seven-day free trial. I would love to have you. Lindsay loves the workouts, so I think you will too. You will. (laughs) Check it out. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm so grateful. This was so great. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.